Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Little Realms, a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. I am your host and Game Master Candace, and I am here with... I'm Sarah, and I play Vim, the nerve-wracked tiefling warrior. I'm Dan, and I play Cyrus Sassafras, the elderly and agitated druid. I'm Nikki, and I'm playing Jarell Goldenheel, the resigned elven scholar. And I'm Adam, and I'm playing Arden, the half-elven ranger. As they navigate the city of Mithrin, and it's many, many threads of intrigue try to uncover at least one of them as well as one of their own last time on little realms i made a deal with indigo it was a terrible proposition but i'm out of options and i've never really had good ones to start with i've I've been in debt for a long time, and I'm ready to be done. I need to be done. I plan on doing the things he asked me to do, but hopefully not in the ways he's expecting. After leaving the Rorid estate, we all settled into the lobby of Journey's End. I expected to read the book I borrowed from N, but was interrupted after only a few pages. Sergeant Landon and a handful of guards entered the inn carrying manacles. They were there to arrest Abram. Sergeant Landon seemed distressed during the entire exchange, and for good reason. During the arrest, I communicated with him using magic, and it seems he's as distrustful of Rowan and Myrne as we are. Jarrell and Vim are on the way to the post office. The post office will be, like, closing up as you're getting there. Jarrell, like, runs in, like, with the closest thing to rage you've ever seen on their face. Like, no, I am getting in. <laughs> as they're walking, Jarrell finally kind of look, turns to Vim, like, Vim, are you all right? Oh, well, uh, why, why, why ever would I not be all right? And she gives, like, a really wibbly-wobbly smile at Jarell. That's like a, yeah, I'm fine. Things are great. Yeah, that's about what I thought. I just... Is... I don't want to pry... Well, I do want to pry. Feel free to tell me to mind my own fucking business, but... What did he ask you to do? Is it... He hasn't asked you to join the Faceless, has he? <laughs> um lets out a nervous laugh like a <laughs> well you see it's not even if I even if I wanted to I couldn't tell you it's kind of the nature of these things but what I can say it's worse than what I thought it was gonna be but not as bad as it could be I guess Jarl just kind of looks upset at this admission well <sighs> Whatever it is, I, I hope it can be handled, well, more easily than you think. Um, and, you know, we're all here if you ever need a hand. Uh, that, that means the world to me, Jarell. I, 
I would truthfully love to keep y'all out of this as much as I possibly can, so hopefully I don't get y'all tangled up in my business. Well, as much as I'm not exactly enjoying all the drama, I'm starting to sort of feel like, you know, we've jammed our hands into so many pies by now, what's one more? Well, you certainly have a point. I think it was Arden who said we're working for everybody. Well, I um, admittedly am working for one more person, and as soon as I can repay this favor, I'll, I'll be done with it. I just hope he hasn't asked anything untoward, and that'll all get sorted out. Bim shrugs and gives a look that says, I'd tell you if I could. Of course. Well, here we are. Yeah, why don't we finally get these letters mailed off to it? Was how how many siblings do you have again? Oh, just the eight. Oh. <laughs> these aren't all of them. Darrell is kind of sort of starts shuffling through them. Um, these are actually so these are to my mother and father back on the island. The younger siblings are still living with them. Uh, so I just write them all at the same time. Although I do have to write the twins separately or they get jealous. Which is a thing, and so, and then I have a report back to my to my school office, uh, letting them know I made it, and uh, letters to some of my friends and colleagues. They kind of ruffle through, and then like the second half of the letters, like half of this packet, and these are to my sister. Ah, uh, your sister must be very special to you. Bim seems just charmed by one the sheer amount of papers. Bim, I don't think has written that much in her whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's been, um, this is <laughs> actually the longest we've ever been apart. Um, oh, well, you're doing great so far. And I'm I'm sure she'll write you back as soon as she can. Well, she did write me quite a bit on the road, so yes, I, I look forward to hearing from her. Well, let's get the letters in the mail. Gerald gets those letters in the mail. You uh, come up to the, the post office has its own entrance off of the library, and you see Simon, the blonde-haired human on the other side of the door about to lock it and no 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) he opens the door at the same time Jarell goes barreling through and Jarell has to like skid to a stop in the middle of the room sorry thank you Simon (laughs) Simon eyes the giant packet of letters and goes alright let's get to it and they will go out first thing in the morning when the Jarell sort of looks looks to Simon and is like I don't I don't suppose I don't suppose there's any address to to a Jarell Golden Heel. We can forward it to wherever you're staying. Oh yes, uh, I'm Jarell. Sort of remembers what happened with with with, with or Abram and Mickey just now. Actually, we can set you up with a ye old PO box. Oh, that would be lovely. Thank you. Yeah, just fill out this information for me and you can have box 106. Joe rapidly fills out the paperwork kind of with an eye toward the fact that Simon probably wants to get the hell out of Dodge. Simon hands you a little key and a the, the P.O. boxes are in like a separate section of the building that you can access with your key even after hours. So you can check it whenever. Thank you so much. Uh, you have a wonderful night. Of course. Enjoy the festival tomorrow. Yes, looking forward to it. He waves. And so uneventful track back to Journeys end. And then presumably everyone passes the time. Yeah, and Arden feels 
despite how he normally acts, he feels a little bit less at ease uh, when he doesn't have his magic to back him up as much. Mm-hmm. So he is actually going to wear his armor um, underneath his cloak. It's mm-hmm. just a chain shirt, so not the most noticeable, but he is going out prepared. Has Arden been reading books this whole time? The books Oh, the yes, basically. Okay. That's like, so, that's rest sort of activity anyway, isn't it? It is. So a short rest later. Y'all wanted to get to the Arendelle estate a little bit before Landon would, right? Well, we I think yeah. it would be appropriate to let our hosts know that they're hosting. <laughs> that is more than fair. You can make your way to the Arendelle estate. Who has the highest passive perception? I think I, think I do at 14. Okay, yeah. You notice as you're walking down the streets that a lot of the decorations that had begun going up at the beginning of the day are now fully up. And so the avenues that you're traveling down are decorated with... It's nighttime, so you can't see whatever colors they are, but there's like garlands and wreaths and fall-themed stuff. I'm not good at decorating for holidays. Uh, <laughs> there are fall fall vegetable arrangements and yes, straw there's and streamers. There's like, yeah, streamers. There's extra booths set up that are currently vacant, but festive presumably we'll have people in the morning. Yeah, there's a couple festive scarecrows <laughs> in goofy outfits. Uh, mostly on like the main roads and in Market Square, but you do notice that as kind of like a marked change from the normal scenery. And as you are getting to the Arendelle estate, the guard is changing and Chakota is switching off with whoever is after him. As you approach, he waves at you. And the person that is switching off with him, is, you also recognize as one of Landon's soldiers. Hello, Dakota. Oh, hi there. <laughs> what brings you around? Oh, just visiting. All right. Call on the Arendales. How's oh, your evening going? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I, I get to go home and have dinner and sleep now. <laughs> Are you going to have any time off for the festivities coming up? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Landon is making sure that all of us have at least a couple hours tomorrow to spend, uh, you know, doing whatever. Wonderful. Well, I hope you have a great time. We hope to see you there. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you will. Uh, if nothing else, we'll be around, you know, like, guarding things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds a little less fun, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, you know, if if it's pretty quiet, then, you know, we get to have some fun. Or, well, you know, as long as you don't get caught. Well, here's to not getting caught. (laughs) (laughs) The new guard, like, gives both Chakota and you four, like, a look, but because she recognizes you, it's like, uh, whatever. And she goes ahead and leads you inside. You are asked to wait in the waiting room again as she goes and gets one of the Airedales. And it's 
who do you ask for anyone particular? I, I don't have anyone particular in mind. I, I mean, it's just the three of them here, right? I think we're mostly yeah. just wanting to let them know. Uh, hey, sorry, we're borrowing your place, FYI. <laughs> yeah, probably actually, um, what's Hi. the daughter's name? Jana seems like the most sensible one to call on. Okay. So she, the guard, heads off, and a few minutes later, Jana comes down the stairs and meets you in the waiting room, and she looks like she's just come from dinner, like she's still got her day clothes on, blinks and quirks her head at you, but then seems to like accept that you're here again the next day, and says, uh, hi, again. Oh god, it only has been a day, hasn't it? <laughs> Jesus. Do I dare ask what could have possibly happened between yesterday at noon and today that brings y'all around again? Unless you want to be here for a while, I'd advise against it. But the reason we're here today is to meet with <laughs> Captain Landon. This seemed like the most appropriate place for various reasons. We just thought we should let you know. Oh, oh okay. Uh, so you just need a room to talk to a bin. Uh, yes, correct. Oh. No need to bother you tonight. Side note, would it hurt to, like, include the Margrics on this, since he's the one whose authority was, like, kind of falsely used to do, to make the arrest? I mean, if nothing else, we should probably tell him that happened. I think we could clue in the Margrex if he's, like, we could ask if he's well, and if he's up for a conversation, we have more information, and he might want to be a part of it. Uh, yes, we're, we're going to be exchanging a bit of information, and we don't want to bother you, and so sorry for uh, inviting ourselves over. Um, well, I suppose I'll take the blame for it. I'm sorry for inviting us over, um, without asking first, but... She, like, holds up her hands and shrugs and is like, we don't... I like having visitors. We don't get many good visitors. Oh, well, we'll be sure to drop by more often. Uh, but, uh, if, if your father's available, um, I think he, it, it might be appropriate for him to be part of this conversation, too, uh, if he, if he's, um, available. Her eyebrows kind of knit together a little bit, and she scratches her chin, like, but I can, I can, yeah, I can go get him. I'll meet you in the downstairs sitting room. And she, like, is pointing out the door and, like, down the hall to the right. She exits and presumably you all follow her into this room and she turns to the guard and says when sergeant Landon gets here uh just take him straight to that room and um stand guard like normal she salutes and you all reconvene in that room jana goes around and lights some of the lamps so that y'all have light a few minutes later jana and Victor are making small talk with y'all, just like, you know, talking about the festival, if you're excited for it. Um, and it's very much the type of conversation where you all know that there's something much bigger underneath it, but it would just be really awkward to sit in a room silently. We're talking, we're making awkward small talk about the festival. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Landon gets there. He shows up wearing a very large hooded cloak, which he pushes back the hood uh, when he gets into the room and takes a seat and looks at Victor and Jana and first asks, 
has the news gotten to you yet? And both of them shake their heads. And Landon looks to the four of you while he sinks his head into his hands. Which news were you referring to? The business at Journey's End, he says. I, I turn to the Margrets. Uh, Landon came by to Journey's End earlier, um, and apparently Abram has been arrested on your authority. Victor's eyes go large and Shauna's eyes go wide as well, and they look at each other. Victor says, well, if you're here, then you already must know that that's... I gave no such authority. Landon looks up, nods in affirmation. My, I'm so sorry. My hands were tied. I was being watched at the time. And he just sort of trails off at that point. Yes, that is actually a good question. How were your hands tied? You don't answer to Rowan or Myrne. I... I actually do. I'm their subordinate. They were the ones that asked me to come here. I mean, yes, the Margrics did technically authorize that, but Victor is not part of the military. I take orders from him, but only as much as what's relayed through Captain and the Lieutenant. And, like, Landon does not look... You don't even need to roll for it. He does not look happy about this at all. He's, like, slumped over in the chair. His elbows are on his knees, and his hands are, like... inner fingers are intertwined and kind of playing with each other nervously. Well, Landon, I'm glad you felt like you could come and speak with us. Is there... Is there something in particular you thought that we could do to help? Or anything you felt that we should know? Landon sits back just a little bit and pulls in a breath to steady himself (sighs) and begins explaining. I have only been here a few days as you all have but it does not take that much time to figure out and he licks his lips trying to figure out exactly how to phrase his next thought to figure out that the captain has a distinct tendency to act Brashly and the lieutenant sort of tempers that, but only to a point. And after this morning, I personally do not believe that they are working in tandem very well anymore. Is there one of the two in particular you think has gone? A little bit more off the rail. This is what I saw. And we flashback, I guess. 
to a scene of Landon is standing in the, like, at the door of Joran's office, and Joran is talking at Rowan very loudly, angrily, and animated from what Landon relates to you. It's a very slipshod plan to deal with the faceless, and Rowan is trying his darndest to talk Myrne out of it, but the conversation ends with Myrne pointing at Landon and ordering this arrest, Rowan throwing up his hands, crossing his arms over his chest and scowling deeply. And we flash back into the present. Landon sort of throws up his hands in a, I've not encountered this in my military career before, and I admit I am as lost as everyone else here. So you feel confidently that Abram is innocent, and that you never should have made this arrest at all? He pauses for a second and then pinches the bridge of his nose in like a I hate what I'm about to say sort of thing. I know that Abram and Mickey were taking payments from the Faceless only because that is what was keeping their establishment afloat. Did you ever have a chance to ask them what they're actually doing with the inn? Unfortunately, no. Uh, they make good food, though. They do. And Landon is, like, deeply scowling at this point and has run a hand over base. Journey's End is a sort of halfway house for half-orcs that have found themselves on the outside of acceptable half-orc society. There are nuances to it that I don't completely understand, but those youth that they take in spend the season working at Journey's End, and then they have the resources to set out on their own, become adventurers, join the military, move to a different town, and establish themselves away from whatever they were running from out there. So, if Abram is guilty of anything, it is of having too large of a heart. And certainly nothing violent or enough to warrant jail time. It's still not surprising if he was taking taking payments from the faceless that the guards in this town would see fit to arrest him right now. I imagine after what happened this morning, they want to, shall we say, eliminate their problems as quickly as possible, even if arresting him in particular does not seem the best way to do that. That would be an accurate statement. However, it is my personal opinion that they were taking the money less out of willingly wanting to be part of a criminal enterprise and more out of 
necessity that there is just not quite enough money in Mithrin to go around right now. Jarell is definitely like head in their hands, kind of thinking about the fact that Abram and Mickey have been letting them stay at their inn with like without paying, despite like this financial situation that we've been unaware of. It's still kind of weird uh, to let us stay at the inn without anything. And I'm not saying that in character. I'm just saying that Arden thought it was weird from the beginning that they were allowed to stay at the inn without paying, especially considering that they could certainly afford to pay the price of an in-room and food. You all did spend a good chunk of the caravan time with them, and you were all in a caravan during a war time, which isn't the safest. So it is, in all likelihood, on the road, there were probably a couple of times that you all did defend the caravan in one way or another. They've got big hearts. And aren't so good at money. (laughs) (laughs) Shouldn't be a crime. Also, Mithrin is not a tourist destination. Vim will sigh so sadly and say, Now I feel awful for taking the friends and family discount, gosh, when when we break them out of jail, or or when we clear their name, whichever way they get out of jail, <laughs> they'll get out of jail. I I'm I'm gonna repay them for every night I've stayed at Journey's End and every extra breakfast I've eaten. <laughs> <laughs> Landon, is there is there something is there something we can do now or did you just want to give us this information so we we knew better what to act on? He sighs heavily, and I... Well, he doesn't know we've been doing anything, does he? No, he doesn't. <laughs> he says, it kind of shrugs, I guess I just wanted someone else to know, and as outsiders to Mithrin yourselves i you seemed the best bet and he's making that sort of face with like you know when you put it that way it seems like a bad idea but i'm at the end of my rope and so eh what's the worst that could happen dude i totally want to tell him what's going on even though even though we're new to mithrin we we came here with, you know, you and Abram and Mickey, and I i feel like I don't just speak for myself when I say that I care that they do well, so I, I suppose we can do what's in our power to right this wrong. Roll a, roll a persuasion check. Hey, 19. 19. Okay. Landon turns to you and says, I can honestly say that if there is something that I can do that would help right this wrong, I would be willing to do it, no matter what my rank might be. At this, Bim's eyes light up, and then she looks at everyone in the group, and she seems to to mull something over in her head. And then she has that, like, ah, fuck it expression. <laughs> and she looks at Landon and says, 
Alright, so you can't ask any follow-up questions. <laughs> I love when Van prefaces with that. <laughs> but word on the street and around town is the festival's starting tomorrow. If you could, tomorrow evening, right as the sun is starting to dip down, if you could make sure Rowan and Myrne are preoccupied with something happening at the festival, the kind of thing that takes all of their attention and distracts their mind, that would be helpful. Thrill is sort of looking at them like a little bewildered. Victor and Jonna are also both looking at each other, at Landon, at Vim, and at everyone else by turns, their expressions changing from curious to bewildered to suspicious to a little bit of angry. And then by the end of that sentence from Vim, Victor is just like leaning forward in his seat with his head in the face palm position and Jonna is like has her arm on the arm of the couch with her head in her hand just sort of staring at all of you but none of you in particular yeah Arden looks back and is like <laughs> I have no clue what she's getting at but I'll assume that she knows a little bit more than we do about something and he sort of gives them oh. that yeah. maybe we should have asked you what happened in the room <laughs> kind of look. I feel like, yeah, this is kind of suspicious. <laughs> Roll me one more persuasion check, Vim, please. Alright. Hey, 21. This is oh to be good at. <laughs> Let me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make all, a roll real quick. All the plus fives I have for my stats are in talking and lying. I see... We do some kind of insight check on this, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, you you all can roll an insight if you would like to try to intuit oh, what Vim is getting uh, at. Not very intuitive at all right now. I rolled an eighteen, so I have a twenty-two yeah, overall. Yeah, I rolled a five, so I'm not. Jarrell's Jarrell's mind doesn't quite go in the same directions Vim does immediately. Arden has been around alternative means of obtaining things once or twice. Yeah, the problem is that Arden doesn't know that the doesn't know that Vim was told like where the information we need is. Yeah. Otherwise, it would obviously be like she's going to say that we should break into their home while they're distracted during the festivities. Yeah. I got a sixteen. Cyrus, having been recently inducted into the neighborhood crime watch, has a hunch. So I think what both of them, but particularly Arden, would know from it is that in classic Vim style, she has an idea. It's about 50% fleshed out and about 50% a hope and a prayer. That's and at least 50% illegal. Yeah, you know, <laughs> illegal is kind of up to who you the law is, but... <laughs> It's definitely like you can tell that she she definitely has this sense that like she she believes that what she has in her head will work, 
and that it will be ultimately good. So Landon turns to you, Vim, and squints really, really hard at you. Normally, I would ask for more information before I say yes, but in this case, I believe I can accomplish what you are asking, and it might be better the less that I know. Fim just grins and nods meaningfully. (laughs) Jonna has sat forward on the couch, and she looks really excited right now, and says, and like her whole demeanor has changed, and says, I am all on board with this, whatever it is, it seems cool. Victor goes, wait, 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 wait. What, what exactly are the implications of what is about to happen under my watch during a very happy, supposed to be festival for the city? Well, alternatively, you could, you know, reprimand him yourself. He leans back in his seat and worries with his hands for a second. I can issue a official reprimand, but what has stopped me thus far and continues to stop me is that all I have against Joran are words, and I highly doubt that if I tell him to stop without any sort of physical ability to force him to comply behind my words, he won't. Just to clarify, Candace, is he saying that he feels like he can't act against Myrne because he doesn't have any, like, army force of his own? Or is he saying that like, it's all hearsay against Myrne, and that's why he can't do something. It, it's the first one that you said. Joran Myrne is supposed to be doing what Victor tells him to, but Victor doesn't have a way to physically force Myrne to comply. If Victor said to Myrne right now, give yourself up, you've done X, Y, and Z, Myrne could just say, No, and there's not much Victor could do about it because there's no one physically there to arrest him. Joel's kind of scratching their head. So does does the army not ultimately answer to you as well? Is are you completely bypassed in the chain of command? That seems a very odd state of affairs. They are supposed to, but Mirne has, and he kind of like stops himself from saying something too crude has harassed his subordinates into only listening to him over the years well my hope is that with a little bit of elbow grease and a little bit of like I said before not asking any follow up questions (laughs) Many of these things will be issues of the past. We just have a little bit of work to do in the immediate future. Jonna turns to her dad and says, It'll be okay, Dad. These people are adventurers. It'll be fine. 
famous last words. It's true. If <laughs> we uh, if Victor. we do anything terribly wrong, you can throw us out of town or in jail. Although we'd prefer you didn't. <laughs> I would prefer I did not throw anyone out of town, except maybe the captain and the lieutenant. Oh, and I won't go to jail. Did someone say you are going to go to jail? Oh, no, just throwing that out there. I wouldn't. Mm-mm. Cute. Uh, okay, I, I'm sure that's fine. Victor is like head in his hands. Jana still looking. If she were older, she would probably not look as excited as she does right now. It's a heist. <laughs> she says, don't worry. I am sure that whatever goes on, we can clean up. I mean, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. No one knows what goes on here unless we actually send a letter somewhere. So what we send out is what's true. Drell stares at her suddenly like like they're having some kind of personal epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in Mithrin stays in Mithrin, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Hmm. You could say that. Victor's like, oh, sweetie, don't don't say that again. I don't want to think about that. No, no, I like that. <laughs> I don't. When's Hyatt gonna come back? <laughs> okay, um... This is Victor talking. So, if I understand this correctly, there may or may not be something concocting in the background that will hopefully take care of the captain and the lieutenant. And didn't we originally hire you to figure out who killed Liara? Oh, don't worry. We'll get right back to that. Terrell sort of looks over at at what's-his-face. Right, uh, about that. Sorry for lying. (laughs) We knew you answered to Rowan, and, um... (laughs) Landon, you you lied? What? Well, uh, uh, well... (laughs) Technically, technically, no. We never lied. We were just oblique. I... Okay, uh, I'm gonna make a roll. No, you know what? After I do you this favor, then you can clue me in. All right? Um, he looks at all of you individually, very meaningfully, especially Arden, who was the one that was actually oblique. Was I actually the one who was oblique? It was you and Vim, I think. Yeah. yeah. Arden shrugs and he says, We'll clue you in after we have clued in our employers. You mean Victor and Jana, who are sitting right there? Well, we don't really have evidence yet, <laughs> is the thing. We have strong suspicions. <laughs> oh my, okay. Look, everything is going to probably, probably be okay. We think. Maybe? (laughs) We'll make it work. (laughs) Landon has his head in his hands. Jonna looks a a little, like, a modicum of deflated, but mostly on board with all of this. And Victor is now staring off into the middle distance. Like I said, you do this small thing for us, and... 
a lot of things will come to bear. If we had not spent so much time on the road together, I dare say I would not agree to this, but it is literally the best option I've come across so far. So. Right. Just don't get yourself arrested. I think I can manage that. And now I am going to, if that is everything, I am going to return to pretending that I give a damn about anything the captain and the lieutenant say. Oh, have fun with that. Yeah, good luck. I absolutely will not have fun with that. I'm a very bad actor. But I make it work. And he kind of nods sarcastically, pulls up the hood again, and exits the room. Victor lets out a long breath. <sighs> I'm going to assume, Aaron De- Victor is saying, that it's might be better that I don't know the details of what you are planning, right? Like I said, no follow-up No questions. follow-up questions. I understand. She winks. Jono winks back. Victor sighs again. Gerald kind of glances around the group and is like, well, if you need something to distract you, uh, here's a thing to think about. Uh, Wither Heights kind of not dead. Jonna goes, what? And you know the look of someone who has just had their entire world turned upside down and is shocked into silence and you can kind of see their worldview breaking behind their eyes. That's the look that Victor is giving you. Terrell winces hard. Um, brace yourself because <laughs> I'm not done. Uh, he's sort of behind this whole faceless business as far as we can tell. Jonna again goes, What? <laughs> what? Dad, are you hearing this? Dad, dad. And she, like, turns to her dad, who is still, like, catatonic, shakes his shoulder, and then, like, two-handed grabs his upper arm and yanks on it a couple times. And then Victor finally seems to come out of it and says, I I hope you're not lying, because that would be a truly horrible lie to tell. Um, no, that would be weird. How? Who? There was so much blood. They, I read the details of it. They arrested the person who did it. What do you mean, Wither Heights still alive? Well, they arrested someone, not the person that did it. Not even the person that beat Wither Height up. Look, what we know is that we met a tiefling with horns like this, and they make the motion. Mm-hmm. And he claimed that he used to be Wither Height. The look of consternation on uh, Victor's face deepens, his eyebrows heavily shadow. Uh, you can really see how thin his face actually is. <sighs> oh, that does sound... Those. That's the description of the horns. How... He's dead. How could he be behind this whole thing? Thing about people not being dead that makes them not dead. What? I... I uh, Honestly, it's pretty late. Maybe this is a conversation better had another time. I, I know it's a lot to take once. I, uh, 
he's alive? Why? We were such good friends. Why hasn't he contacted me? To me, it seems like he took a chance to become something new and to be something different. And, well, the thing he picked didn't involve you, for whatever reason. How, how do you know this? You hired us to investigate things. I assume you did so because you thought we might be capable of doing so. And now you're surprised that we found things out while investigating things? We hired you to investigate the death of Liara, not... And he trails off. Jana is holding on to his arm and the, the arm that she's not holding on to. The hand is covering Victor's eyes as he sags lower and lower on the couch. This is a lot to process, Victor. Why don't you sleep it over? We can talk another day. Yes, I. we will talk again. And he gets up quite abruptly from the couch, kind of wrenching his arm out of his daughter's grasp and exits the room. Jana looks after him wide-eyed for a moment, then back to you, then back to the door, then back to you again. Uh, She seems to take a moment to compose herself again and says, I guess that concludes our business. And she kind of like raises her hands, palms up with a shrug. (laughs) Yes, hopefully we'll see you in a couple of days. Sorry about all of this and dropping all of this on you and coming over unexpectedly and... No, it's fine. It's not fine, and that's okay, you know? It's not fine. You're right. Goodbye. Bye. Enjoy the festival. We'll be there. Let us know if you need anything. We will. Do not worry. We will. And she's saying this as she's escorting you to the front door. We will pay you at the end of all of this in as much as we can, but I am beginning to think that no amount of money can compensate for uncovering everything that's going on. And she kind of looks like really, she's like looking at the ground and scuffing her foot on the floor with her hands behind her back. Have a good night. You as well. Arden will get up to leave. He feels like enough has been said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that the chances of him and the rest of us getting arrested just went up slightly. You haven't done anything yet. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tre- colluding for treason. If God says we didn't do anything, which Candace counts as, then we didn't do anything. <laughs> well, there is no treason. We can't possibly be guilty of treason. That's true. I mean, maybe some of us could be, but, like, Arden can't possibly be guilty of treason. He is an actual foreigner. <laughs> that is true. There is there is no, like, aid and abet foreign powers against, like, somebody he's beholden to. I think Jarrell and Cyrus would be the only ones that could be, like, charged with treason. <laughs> We're all heading back to the end and I believe we wanted to end with Cyrus heading to Coriander's kiss. 
so I, I figure I go to bed, or I try to go to bed. Right. And Cyrus is just turning in his bed, in his blankets. He's wrapped up like a pill bug. He's got the fireplace roaring, but he's just shivering in his bed. So damn cold in this stupid fucking inn. Grabs his coin purse and puts on his salmon frock and heads out the door and makes a beeline to Coriander's Kiss. By the time you get there, it's late at night, which is prime time for Coriander's Kiss. And when you arrive there, the common room is bright and bustling. There are people everywhere. Drinks are flowing. There's a noted absent Claire, which doesn't seem to dampen too many of the spirits because Nikita has donned one of the many costumes that the Coriander's Kiss owns to act as hostess for the evening. And when Cyrus walks in, she greets you by name. Ah, Cyrus, how nice to see you again. And she smiles. What can we help you with? Tell Theo I'm ready. Will do. She disappears behind curtain. And a second later, Theo comes out. I don't think we've actually given a decent physical description of Theo besides Lumberjack. You did say he has a great ass. He does have a great ass. Doesn't he have, like, brown hair, too? He actually has a shaved head, and he's got sleeve tattoos that are reminiscent of the style that a lot of Goliath tribes wear. And he's also got a, like, a design tattooed on his head uh, that you can't really see the wide-brimmed flat-top hat that he's wearing that is slightly upturned on either side. One might say reminiscent of a cowboy hat. The only other thing he is wearing is a very small loincloth and a set of <laughs> chaps belted at the waist. Little Realms. Hashtag Candace Kink. That came up in chat. I was about to say, I don't remember the context, but we were talking about cowboys for some reason. <laughs> Dance fucking cowboy music in... Uh, <laughs> right, so right. There's only one cowboy song in that entire free I know, but it was so, so it's funny. Be... It's perfect. The first time I heard it, I just died. So he is a shaven head Goliath cowboy Yakuza? <laughs> Apparently. Wait, is he a Goliath or is he a human? Roughly half Goliath, half human. Theo, I, I, I know it's a busy night, but are you available? I have plenty of coin. For you, Cyrus, I'm always available. Thank you. <laughs> and I follow Theo up to a room. He offers you his arm, which you take, and you, like, lean back and notice that the, the chaps are, in fact, assless. Get a little squeeze. He goes, ooh. And you head up to your room for the night. And we jump cut, right? No. You wanna you wanna spill the beans? Yeah, okay. Do you wanna narrate that? So Cyrus Asfrez, once he's in the room with Theo, he uh it's in the bed, he takes off his frock, and what you see 
instead of 18 plus content, it is just an old man shivering on his bed with Theo with his meaty arms wrapped around him as Cyrus is trying to stay warm. Cyrus's head tucked under Theo's chin. Being spooned and he's tears are kind of rolling down his eyes as he's saying Bullvine my love hold me keep me warm like you used to your warmth is the only thing I have ever needed and I'm coming for you Bullvine my quest to impress Cord is it's coming I promise I'll be there shortly hold me would Theo have his fingers interlocked with Cyrus's? Absolutely. Eventually, Cyrus falls asleep. And the camera pans out, and we see that Theo is still awake, staring off into the middle distance, occasionally glancing down at Cyrus, and kinda holds him a little closer in his sleep, and tucks him a little more firmly beneath his chin. Make sure the covers are a little bit tighter at the shoulder. And that's where we'll end for the night. Oh, Fucking called it! <laughs> <laughs> that was really sweet. Alright, upstanding citizens of Mithran, it's been a while since you heard from me, but here we go. Thanks for listening to this episode of Little Realms. If you like the show and want to stay up to date, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. You can also find us on social media, on Twitter at PodRealms, and on the web at www.littlerealms.com. You can find the GM Candace at Candor underscore Joy. Dan is Midwestern Wargaming. Nikki, who does the incredible art, is Knickknack Art, and Sarah is Sarah L. Lorraine. Nope, that wasn't right. She's actually. <laughs> Hold on, one more try. All right, Sarah is Sarah L. Kinney, and Adam is the Culture Tomato. May your journey be successful, and may your watch stop crime around town. We'll see you next time. I love the neighborhood watch voice. Bravo. Hello, it's me, Cyrus Sassafras. If you want to make me feel better, also consider leaving us a review on iTunes. It makes all the difference. Or just come and chat with us on our Discord. You can find our Discord link on our homepage, littlerealms.podbean.com. Thank you. Also, a big thank you to the free music content creators out there. And Computech.com by Kevin McLeod. Whoops, Kevin McLeod, sorry. And also Purple Planet and Freesounds.org and Zapsplat.com. Thank you, all of you content creators.